Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Sorry for the delay. It was a big recording day here in the underground, but we are alive. Everybody, welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 352. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. Before we get started, got to give a big shout out to the sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys can go to tomahawkshades.com, fill up your car, get the sunglasses, the blue light glasses, and everything in between. And when you go to checkout, use our promo code USP, get 25% off your entire order at tomahawkshades.com. That's promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your entire order. Our friends at Stateside Vodka, the official vodka of the underground, go to StatesideVodka.com. Check out everything they have to offer. Their vodka is seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. It's blended with electrolytes, making it the first vodka on the market, blended with electrolytes on the same spectrum as that sports drink that starts with a G. And it's also the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. When you guys go to check out with the one liter bottles of vodka in your cart, use promo code USP to get 10% off your order at statesidevodka.com. Got to be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Go to kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who has Kenwood Beer on tap. You got to be 21 or older to crack open an ice cold Kenny. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, man? I'm just living the dream. The team that's not living the dream, and they're actually giving us more nightmares, shout out Meek Mill, is the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> well. Just when they bring you back in, they push you back out. I, I don't want to say I told you so, but we were getting we hot and bothered. So. We were getting hot and bothered last week about their sweep of the Mets and... We we're amidst the Dodgers series. Like, ah, you know, don't expect to beat the Dodgers. You do expect to beat the Diamondbacks, which they didn't do. Uh, this is what the Phillies have done to us time and time yep. again. And you can only invest so much. At some point, you know, with any abusive relationship, at some point you can only invest so much of your mental and emotional well-being into it before you kind of you put a ceiling on it. And my ceiling with the Phillies is really low in terms of how – how much I'm willing to give uh, up to them. So it sucks <laughs> because they, you're right. You know, it really felt like they pulled you back in, felt like, all right, like we're, we're strapped in for a good ride now. And they completely blew it. Um, the Reds are hot. You know, they, you can understand at least losing that series. Like that's, that's a difficult series, whatever. You got to move on with that to lay an egg against the Diamondbacks though, in a crippling fashion. Where you can't get a hit on, again, one of the worst teams in baseball. Uh, the worst team in the National League. It's tough. That's a tough loss to take. You gave them their 39th win of the season. I tell you, man, that's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just not how you get to October baseball, if, you, if you're being honest. You know, and that's been the issue with the Phillies that we've highlighted time and time again over the course of the last three years has been not being able to take care of the bad teams, you know, that they come up against. It's happened a lot with the Marlins, right? The Marlins have not been a good team the last few years, yet they cannot beat them for whatever reason. It's it's the clearest, most obvious thing in the world that they should be beating these teams, and they just don't. And that's because they're a, a hugely inconsistent team because they're just not very good talent-wise. They are an average to above-average talent team in general, and, and that's... That's what you get with a team like this. You get frustrating, hot and cold streaks. 
Yeah, and they're slumping hard right now. They're still missing Reese Hoskins. And I played uh, our favorite game, just made it Philly's opponent style, with my mom yesterday before the game. I said, just guess the Diamondbacks' run differential. Guess the Diamondbacks' run differential. They have 38 wins going into last night's game. Matt, can, can you guess the Arizona Diamondbacks' run differential? And I'll give you a hint. It's not the worst run differential in baseball. Is it minus 51? You're too kind to our friends out there. Is it minus 91? Still being quite kind. Minus 151. We're getting warmer. Minus 181. Uh, Minus 172. Would you believe me if I was going to guess minus 151 right off the bat? I was like, no. Because I feel like I looked at it not that long. I don't remember being that bad. Yeah, and it's not the worst run differential in baseball because the Pittsburgh Pirates are at minus 182. And uh, our friends down in Baltimore, the Baltimore Orioles, who the Phillies will see later this season, are at a whopping minus 218 on an 0-10 in their last 10 and on a 13-game losing streak. And they're going to sweep our series when we play them. More than uh, likely. So I saw this uh, breakdown of the rest of the schedule. So they have 43 games left, right? They have six against the Diamondbacks, who just highlighted awful. Three against the Nationals. Uh, you know, always a tough out for Mailed us, though, it in. You know, But, you know, like honestly, it could be a team that's spiraling and maybe just looking at next year, right? Uh, four against the Rockies, another bad team. Three against the Cubs, team that just completely sold pretty much their entire starting lineup that you should be beating. Three against the Orioles. Four versus the Pirates. Again, a lot of bad teams on this list. And six versus the Marlins, who we can never beat, so I don't know that they should be on this. That's 29 out of those 43 games. Against re- like genuinely bad teams, they'll win like twelve. I know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's the hope that kills you because you you look at that list and you're like, they could us a good baseball team would win twenty games and above against that. Yeah, a good baseball team, the Dodgers, the Giants, they're win- those teams are probably winning twenty three, twenty four of those games. The they're, Brewers, they're maybe dropping a game a series, maybe two games in, in one of those series. Like you know, like. They are they're not losing games like that very often. Um, my view with the Phillies is that they go like seventeen, you know, or sixteen yep. in those games, and it's just that's that's what's frustrating. Um, they do have time to make it better, obviously. Like the Diamondbacks, like they could obviously, you know, they, they still have games to play, but it's just it's depressing because it, you, it's the inconsistencies that kill you. It's it's you know you go into this season hoping for. A dominant top three in your rotation. Zach Eflin's obviously been hurt, but it seems like he's on his way back. But you still don't know what you're going to get from him. Zach Wheeler's been fantastic, and he's the front runner for the NL Cy Young. But your biggest like punch in the teeth has been how bad and up and down Aaron Nola's been this year. That's been tough. Uh, Aaron Nola, you know, has certainly regressed from where he was two years ago. He's been very hot and cold this season because you have you have seen flashes of mm-hmm. you know more vintage Aaron Nola, which seems bizarre to say because he's such a young career, he's such a young player. Um, I don't know what it is with him. If I'm being he's honest. having a, I I heard John Stolness talk about this on uh, the Good Fight podcast, Hitting Season. He's having like a 2009 Cole Hamels here. Yeah, where it's like there's no explanation to why he's been so bad, but. You you can't go into, you know, mid-August and September hoping to get flashes of Ace Arenola. You need him to come out and be throwing six, seven, eight innings every single time he goes out there. And he's struggling to get through five innings right now. And that's a huge reason why this Phillies team is struggling because we all know their bullpen is beyond inconsistent. And if you're getting four innings, four and a third, five innings out of Arenola, you're not going to win many baseball games. I mean, look at how this team has performed defensively against some good teams like the last few. Like it's it's weird. What's frustrating too is like there's this constant ebb and flow with the Phillies, and this is not new, where they have these really hot offensive streaks, you know, and they'll score seven to ten runs, you know, and it's like wow, like this is what this team could be. And then there's other times where you get the pitching hot, and you know you have these low scoring games that you can't like. You lose the Diamondbacks three to two. You should be putting up more than two runs on the Diamondbacks every single night. There's no excuse for that. 
you hold any team to three or less runs and you, you should feel pretty good about your chances that night with a team this listen i know i said they have average to above average talent hitting wise this team has good talent yep. they have like there's really not much there to to criticize and say well no excuse like that's what's frustrating is is again just like you said the constant inconsistency in that you can't get just positive performances on a more regular basis it's so Jekyll and Hyde and it, it just it crushes you as a fan because you know we're sitting here last week coming off a great series yeah you know it's the Dodgers you know you're, you're likely not going to win a series against the Dodgers but you're still like competitive against them you know it wasn't like awful. you steal a game steal a game whatever and then you just go into this stretch and you just lose it all and it's just <laughs> it makes you think what's the point of, of getting excited and, and again when you look around the division and you just think to yourself, like, you just got to beat out the other teams. Those teams, the other teams, you have a lot more faith in it being more consistent than you do. Although, I guess if you ask Steve Cohen, uh, <laughs> it could always be worse. You could always be a Mets fan. I These guess. hitters don't know what they're doing. Yeah, you're the guy that fired the hitting coach. <laughs> Listen, we we hate John Milton. John Milton, thankfully, doesn't have a Twitter account, and there, I'm thankful of a lot of reasons for uh, for that, but. Um, at least he's not public. Listen, I know that there was a whole like comparison about like George Steinbrenner uh, would like write articles in the paper about mm-hmm. the Yankees. George Steinbrenner uh, bankrolled a team that won consistently. The Mets have done nothing in my lifetime of of note and or value. At least like to Mets fans, they've done plenty for me. They've given me some very fond. You have one NLCS championship in our lifetime, and then they killed Matt Harvey. Yeah, <laughs> how do you kill Batman? <laughs> oh, oh, losing the lacrosse stick. Um, so listen, I, it could be worse, but listen, you're you're still okay. Technically, technically in the division, two and a half games back of the Braves right now, which sucks because you had a game lead on them last week. You have you've lost some serious ground. You still are technically in the race. Yeah, two and a half games is not insurmountable. You still play the Braves later this season. Still play the Braves. And my worry is that this team actually does get some like good form over these last uh, really month and a half now. Uh, that's all that's left in the season. And it goes into that Braves series. So you, you just need like one win in that series and they don't. Like that has just been the, the script for this Phillies team the last few years where it's like you just need a solid late August. And you you know you can really set yourself up in September, and they fail, and then they're playing Fortnite in September, and then oh you just need to win one game. It was like was it like one game out of five? One out of nine. That's worse than I remembered. I had Brown. They a needed lot to of win one game last year. Couldn't do it. That's that's a lot worse. That's the kind of team that you're dealing with. <laughs> that, that I think just really illustrates the point. This is the team that we're dealing with. I mean, we're at the point now where like. Freddie Galvis is rehabbing at Lehigh Valley. We're at the point where, like, people are talking quite loudly about when Freddie Galvis gets, you know, taken off the injured list, Alec Bohm could go down to Lehigh Valley. That's how bad he's been. You know what's weird about Alec Bohm, though, is, like, Brad Miller's been kind of bad. We love Bamboo Brad, but you're telling me... Okay, here's the thing. Alec Bohm has been as as bad defensively about as you can be. Brad Miller, in my mind, has been not much better. It's like you're really you're not doing doing much. There's of the still other so many difference. holes on this team that. And so here's my thing: Why not go with the guy that you know is at least going to hit better? I, I think this team would really listen. Like if you're choosing between Brad Miller in his current slump that he's in, and Alec Bum, who you know is not going to give you good defensive ability, but is is hitting better and has been a, a better hitter this season than what what Brad is giving you. In like what is essentially must win games from here on out. Like that is what that is what you're talking about now. You have to win every single game every night now. Like you, there's no, uh, you know, like it's not April, it's not May where you can afford bad losses. Like you need to win every single game, every single matchup. I just feel like you're getting more value out of Alec Bohm overall because Brad is not giving you that much better defensive value, and the rest of the infield defensively is not good either. So it's not like, you know. It's not like Bohm is the one weakness and he's getting targeted and you need to like figure something out. Like the entire infield is bad at defense. So what do we <laughs> I think the biggest issue is Alec Bohm has five hits since August fifth. I don't think Brad Miller's doing much better. <laughs> and granted, like Brad Miller's not playing every day right, either. But, but like if you're gonna platoon a guy in, you want him play, to play 
why are we not playing Ronald Therese? He's been <laughs> called where, hero Ronald Therese. Where would this fans. where would this team be without Ronald Therese? Ed Miller's not doing much better. Yeah, they're like the same. <laughs> and so I don't know. I, I I just think I think you you give Alec Bohm the longer leash because frankly he's he in this in this moment is more of a future asset for you than Brad Miller is. Would, but that's just my. I don't hate sending him down to kind of like just like no, 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 work no. on mechanics a little bit and then call him back up when you're ready to get him for September because he is on the, the 25-man roster. Um, but, like, you're not going to play Ronald Torres every day, but, like, Freddie Galvis defensively is better than most of what this team has. He's better than Didi Gregorius defensively, and that, that's been the biggest issue with this team outside of inconsistent pitching is the defense behind the inconsistent pitching has been atrocious. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts Everything has been atrocious. Yeah, <laughs> I I just they don't think, have a leadoff hitter. I think the issue is with Bohm. The only issue with bringing putting him down is I think what that does like to his confidence, mm-hmm. and we've seen this a lot with Phillies that have left the team about you know being moved, constantly shuffled back and forth, and I think that's an issue with Mickey Moniak right now too. Like this is a guy that is like, hey, listen, like obviously. He hasn't worked out yet. I still think there's something there. I still think Mickey Monique has a future mm-hmm. in, in Major League I wish Baseball. he was up right now. Right, and that's like... Like, I wonder how much of it is just, like, knowing that the team isn't putting a lot of faith in you, and what does that do for, like, your inner belief, like, having to drive, like, six hours to, like, when you get called up because some schmuck can't get the vaccine. You know, like, it's like... That has to play in your mind like you know like you're a human being at the end of the day and that has to be difficult to to kind of navigate through and i worry that with alec bohm we've seen him at times this year kind of like have to get talked to in in the dugout because he's kind of just going through it and that happens with a young player and i still have faith in him for the future and that's that's why i just worry about sending him down because i don't know that that's i get the idea i get the principle of like all right we're gonna get you like kind of like low pressure situations just to get the rhythm back but I worry what that might do just confidence-wise to someone like Alex. So, I don't know. I, I I think whatever they do, it needs to happen quick <laughs> because I would like this team to be a little more decisive than they've been. Um, but, man, I, I just – it just sucks. It just really sucks being in this position now. And I, Leadoff hitter is obviously an issue. I would say hitting outside of Bryce Harper <laughs> is, uh, is mostly an issue. But, I, you know, and this is where, again, Alec Bohm comes in. We haven't really shuffled the lineup around as as much as you'd maybe want this season. And I just wonder, like, put someone like Bohm in, in that spot. I'm not saying necessarily a leadoff, but, like, get Bryce. Bryce's problem is he's constantly going up in terrible situations with, like, two outs. Teams are pitching around him now. You know, yeah, like, two outs, like, no one on base, and it's, like, it's just, like, what is what is a man meant to do with that situation? Like, if you can put someone that at least, like, again, like, work through the issues, I don't know. I, I, I think this, this team is, again, like we said, woefully inconsistent, and this is what happens when you don't address things in the offseason, when you try and just, uh, you know, glue wings back onto the airplane as it's going down in July. Like that's that's what this team has done way too often in the last few years, and you're already kind of looking at the off season and like, oh, look at well, let's let's look at what the Phillies can do. Like let's <laughs> let's see who's available. What can we get? Um, you know, we're gonna have to throw a lot at the wall again and just see what sticks. Uh, but that's even if they do that because they haven't really done that. Uh, the last last off season was pretty quiet, 
And it wasn't until the end that they made a rush of signings, which have all sucked. They've all failed. <laughs> and you, you'd think with like the eight or nine million that we spent on three guys, you could have just got one good guy for like not even eight or nine million. You know, you could have got like six million probably. But that's that's been the biggest thing is is that you're you're already looking towards offseason. That just sucks to be doing in August because you're two and a half back and it doesn't look like the Braves are going to be giving you much leeway. Yeah, and uh, tonight it's Ranger Suarez, which, I mean, Ranger's been great, but you're limiting his innings versus uh, no relation, I believe, to our Castellanos, Humberto Castellanos. Tell you what, I would love Nicky C in a Phillies uniform. <laughs> Tell you that much. <laughs> uh, we need that like we need oxygen. Uh, did I feel you like also I can see... call you Nicky C. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We could have a catch together. <laughs> uh, did you see Nick Castellanos also uh, part of some more the tragedy? Of doom. Well, the, there's another uh, there's another announcer crisis as well. Yeah, it's just a uh, who Nick Castellanos used to play for the Tigers. I tell you, man, that guy, <laughs> gotta keep an eye on him, Mothman. Chris Bassett gets shellacked in the face <laughs> as Nick Castellanos drove one uh, for a solo shot, and then. People wonder why upstart media people and upstart content creators happen. It's because old crotchety men that never leave a press box, never leave a booth, end up doing shit like they did in Detroit. <laughs> it makes you very uh, happy, though, that Philly doesn't have characters like that. Like, you know, I we are I'm, so lucky. I know everyone hates on like T Mac, and I know like John Crook can be like. A, Actually, I think people largely love John Crook, yeah. but you know, like I know that he can like he talks about food maybe a little too much, and you know Jimmy Rons love him. He's a little bit dull, but that's okay. You know, like we don't have like I wouldn't call our broadcasting team a plus, but I know one thing. Well, I know a few things. I know they're not racist, and I know they're not misogynistic, and I know they're not homophobes. And they're trying to just have fun. And they're just having fun. There's just a bunch of dudes in there talking about uh, ballpark food, and Calling games pretty well. And a mediocre baseball and team. And you know what? That's okay. Yep. I'm cool with Sign that. Sign me <laughs> up. Like, you know what? Like, make as many changes as we can to the team. But you know what? Broadcast booth can stay. <laughs> they, they got it figured out. That's that's one thing we got going yep. for us, at least. It's one thing to suck and have uh, a controversy around someone calling your games. So I'm glad we have one of those things at least sorted out. And I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. We don't have to worry about T-Mac going on, uh, you know... Uh, a leave of absence indefinitely and then having to take uh you know racial bias training and just an i don't know when i'll put this headset on again if i ever will and there's a drive deep to left <laughs> oh man as castellanos makes it a four nothing ball game um when's steve cohen selling the mets you think you think it's like two years oh it's because all right here's the thing with steve cohen this is like not even a year he's not a year into this right like he if this was a and this is what we're getting. He's, like, not spent that much money. It's not like this dude has, like, sunk, you know, hundreds of millions in already. Like, he's not Steinbrenner right now. And you he, know? Like, he went into it knowing he was going to lose money. No, yeah. I mean, that, and that's that's with buying any sports team, especially now. You're going to lose money, but you know that the $4 billion or whatever you spend on it now is going to be worth $12 mm -hmm. billion in 15 years. Like, if this is – if these are the tweets we're getting now, yikes. That's rough. I know that people are going to, like, laugh it off, but I would be, number one, pissed as a fan if my owner was tweeting garbage like this. Because, listen, you, you don't you don't say those things publicly. You just don't. In fact, like, you don't say these things privately because you don't know jack shit about baseball. Yeah. You just don't. <laughs> like, you might think because you're an owner and you cut the check and you, like, like you've loved baseball your whole life, been a fan your whole life, you do not hold a candle to even like the <laughs> lowest person in your like executive branch of your yeah. team, like you have no understanding of, of of baseball compared to people that this is their job and this is what they do every day. Um, so I'd be pissed if like someone on any team that I loved and was a fan of was was the owner was tweeting stuff like this, and it just makes you wonder. Steve Cohen actually committed to the Mets? Don't know. I'll hang up and listen. Which uh, I think this is gonna spawn our play pickup prop of the week, Matt. You guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing free props created by content creators, bloggers, podcasters, just like us. 
you rack up points, you cash them in for prizes. Go to playpickup.com and start playing the props now with our friends at Pickup. Uh, how long does it take for Steve Cohen to sell the Mets? <laughs> I th- I'm, it's, a, it's a good one. I, th- I think this guy might only have a few years in him. I don't know if he has the stomach for it. I mean, again, this is like not, he's not even a full season into owning the Mets. It's not like he bought this, like, he didn't buy the Dodgers. Right. He didn't, he didn't like, buy the Yankees. He didn't buy the Red Sox. He didn't buy one of these, like, teams that's, like, been winning the last, like, 15, 20 years. Like, you bought the Mets, you man. You bought the secondary team. Like, you bought the you bought a team that has not been very good for a very long time and has a huge inferiority complex and is cursed. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I really, I really, you really have to wonder because, like, Listen, I get like, all right, it's one tweet. Nobody's going to like get upset about one tweet. Too upset. But you make a habit of this. Again, George Steinberg could, could get away with it. You know why? Dude put out a winning product yep. all the time. And they, the Yankees have this BS culture. It is this like aura around them. It's like, well, you know what? It's the it's like the, no sh- the, the shaving thing. Yeah. You know? It's like it's stupid. It's archaic. It's dumb. But that's the Yankees. That's just what they do. And you have to just deal with it. Mets can't. The Mets don't have weight no. to pull that. They you you can only take so much when you're all when you're a Mets player, or you're a Mets fan, and your owners is is tweeting off like that. Like, I don't know, man. I I really wonder. Five if you, years. I th- within five years, maybe. I don't know. I just want you know. Do you like you really? Do you really have the stomach for this? If again, you're you're seven months into ownership and you're crying on Twitter about your team. That's tough that's a scene. Tough, look. tough scene. It must be a, a big shame to be a Mets fan. I'll tell you that. Much. I think the Cicadas will be back, um, and the Mets will. Have a do you, new do you think he's upset because he tweeted so much and he became like a meme about the Philly series about how like he visited the players? Probably. And, like he's trying to tweet through it. Yeah, like and now this is like he's like gone. Like he's really pissed off, and it's like, oh man, I I put my faith in you guys, and now I'm a laughing stock. It's like, well, when you bought the Mets, I don't know. <laughs> Did you expect to not at some point be a laughing right. stock? Because again, this is uh this is rough. The scenes are tough with Steve Cohen. So go to playpickup.com and uh, start playing the props for free with our friends at Pickup. Um, yeah, I mean the Annalise is just a circus in general. You know, there there's so much just nonsense that goes on with this division that nothing ever surprises me anymore from the NL East. But uh, one thing that did surprise me, Matt, was that uh, our baby, Joel Embiid, he signed the Supermax before a trade for Damian Lillard or another superstar happened. I did not expect that to happen. Cue the, uh, the McMahon song. Here comes the money. <laughs> money, money, money. <laughs> $196 million over the next four years for Joel Embiid. And guess what? He doesn't have an agent. That money Smartest going, straight, man going straight to ever. one Joel Embiid. Dropped he, CAA right at the end of the season. Knows what he's doing. Negotiated that's his own Supermax. Steve Cohen, take a look. That's how you do business, baby. Yeah. We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Joel Embiid, one, deserves every penny. 100%. Two, were you as surprised as I was? Because came out of nowhere. It, it was one of those things where so many contract extensions were getting signed with these superstar players, whether it was Durant, you know, Kawhi Leonard re-signed finally free agent-wise. Um, but I really thought Joel, because he had that leverage of like, I can just do this when I'm ready to do it. I thought he was going to wait for a trade of Ben Simmons to happen. Does yeah, it beforehand, I, which, thank goodness. I was re- I was really surprised because, like you said, um, you kind of expected this 
you know, after like a Ben Simmons trade and things like that. And, you know, when this team is a little more settled, Mm -hmm. but you know, you you see this a lot as well, especially with stars, you know, like absolute mega stars, you want to lock them down as soon as you can. And you, we did the same thing with Embiid before on his, uh, his second contract, you know, we signed him, uh, early and this is also technically early when you think about it. So, uh, this team, and I, I think Embiid, he stated before that he wants to be like just a Philly guy, and this goes a long way towards doing that. And like you said, worth every penny. Um, one of like certainly in like my top three Philly athletes of my lifetime could very very easily end up being at number one just because of how good he is, his personality, um, and what he has the potential still to do. Because listen, like I know the Sixers are in a weird space right now, but Again, if, if you're doing a poll for me for odds for Philly team to win a championship, the Sixers are still number one because they still are just the best team out of all the Philly sports teams. Like, the only team that I think could you'll conceivably, again, be a number one seed you know, or a number two seed in, the, in their league uh, you know, this upcoming season. You know, like, I, I don't think any other team has really that capability. Um, so, yeah, Embiid, I, listen – I would pay him that much myself. <laughs> I yeah. would I would work a hundred years on the lithium mines to, to get him that money. So uh, he tweeted out from his uh, Twitter account: "There's no place like Philadelphia, Philadelphia in all caps." Excited to continue working towards bringing a title home and eventually retire here. Hashtag Philly. You love to see it. I you know like I said I, I just think he's um I think he's a fantastic player and again totally worth it especially coming off the season that he just had. It's it only makes sense uh, to to lock him down. Um, I think what's interesting about the Ben Simmons stuff is we're kind of getting some more news about how Ben Simmons pretty much considers himself gone. Uh, that he's not coming back. We're now hearing that um, uh, Rich Paul, his agent, has been kind of talking to other front offices about where he might end up because it turns out saying that you only want to go to a California team uh, isn't great for yourself because it really limits uh, the deals that you can make and therefore won't get you out of Philly like you'd apparently really, really like to be. So that's interesting. We have, again, not much development on that front. It really seems, and again, I'm not sure how this is going to work, but it really seems like Ben Simmons is going to be on this team uh, for training camp, for practicing, and for preseason and the full season. Like, I it's starting to look more and more like that really might be the case and that any kind of big trade may not be until your know, trade deadline before the trade deadline or even next off season. So, uh, doc rivers on Joel Embiid said, uh, quote, this is obviously a great day for the 76ers, but more importantly, it's an amazing statement from Joel that he has become one of the league's best and he wants to continue to dominate right here in Philadelphia. His best is yet to come. And then uh, from Joshua Harris, he says, Joel is the definition of elite, a role model in our community. Yeah, he puts you in your place, Josh. Um, And a true MVP caliber superstar on the court. Since he was drafted in 2014, his rare blend of skills, charisma, and leadership has transformed this franchise. We couldn't be more grateful and excited to continue watching him in a 76ers uniform. Uh, Matt, I don't know. You know, with the whole Ben Simmons thing, I don't know if there's too many point guards out there who got the those skills in the bag. As uh, the the gym videos continue, disgusting man, and I just can't believe that there are people falling for it again. It I, is I can't, gross. Like Jesus Christ, every NBA player looks great in a gym. <laughs> <laughs> they all do, because guess what? They're six seven and are super athletic. And can shoot from anywhere if it's just an open court. Like it's just it's so it's like the it's like the wide receiver videos too. Like it's like I don't know. I tell you this, man. They're fast and strong and can catch balls. Like it's just it's not it's not that crazy anymore because again these guys are just very talented and are in the just by being a college athlete, like a good college athlete, you're in like the top like point zero one percent of your sport like just by being a good college athlete, like not even amazing you don't have to be like an all-american like just like just being a good college athlete on like a d1 team you're already in such a high high percentage of like your sport and being a professional athlete being an nba athlete there's what like 250 guys in the nba that's it like you think of all the <laughs> basketball players on this planet 
and there's 250 of them in the league. That is the point. That is the top 0.01% of guys. Like, I'm sorry. They're going to look good in an open gym. I don't know how to yep. make that more clear to you. Chris Johnson Hoops, who is apparently Ben Simmons' shooting coach, whatever he may be, said, uh, how many point guards got this in the bag at Ben Simmons' eye emoji, bag emoji? Details. <laughs> Making live reads, playing off the screen, high crossover into a power dunk finish. Ben Simmons' uh, snorting emoji, hashtag... J-U-S hoop. Um, I don't know about you, but it looks like he has like a sixth grader guarding him in the beginning of this video. This is like... He's like 5'7". It's just... Again, it's an open gym. He's not he's not being guarded by someone that's actually good. Like, it's just... It's so it's so dumb that this is like what we have to deal with. I, I'm so over it. I, I'm so emotionally checked out of Ben Simmons. It's, uh, it's unbelievable, but... It's where we are, right? That's what we got to deal with. It's insane. And uh, we're not even playing games right now. And somehow, someway, Danny Green is trending. Uh-oh. He didn't, he didn't I'm go trying to see a, why. He didn't go visit a concentration camp again, did he? <laughs> I don't want I I just... Looks like there's a TikTok here. A nice wedding. Jesus. Is that Danny Green's wedding? Is it Danny's wedding? Why did I think Danny Green was married already? Okay, I guess Danny Green got married. Okay. Oh, get the hell out of here. (laughs) You got walking ivy? (laughs) All right, nobody wants to see washing your hands. Like, they're showing (laughs) off this, like, beautiful, like buffet and drinks and like all this like artistic stuff and then it's a guy just washing his hands it's a nice bathroom but come on wow dude nobody wants to see your mirror selfie like no one <laughs> this is not part of the video yeah that's yeah, danny green danny green shout out to danny green danny green was that recent i guess it must have been beautiful wedding uh august 14th well congrats to blair and danny on a, a wonderful marriage, beautiful wedding. Danny Green's ability to trend on Twitter at the blink of an eye deserves an award. Yeah, I don't know what you would call that award. Is that like the Katie Award? Like, <laughs> it is miraculous how he's able to just at the blink of an eye knows how to just. I, I don't get know the if people you saw talking the, about. Him. I don't know if you saw this today. Sixer signed one of our darlings from the draft uh, last year, Grant Riller. Someone that I wanted the Sixers to take. I ended up going to Charlotte last year. Signed him to a two-way deal. Like, mildly excited about Grant Riller, if I'm being honest. But, um, we'll see. Rajon Tucker, gone. Yeah. Shout out to our summer Sixers, man. They had a good run. They had a good run. Really enjoyed it. They had him in the first half, not gonna lie. B-Ball Paul. Had a good, he had another good summer league. He's banging on that door, I tell you that. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Kyle Newbeck also tweeted about how uh, the plan is for the Sixers to get Charles Bassey on an NBA contract. Play the play the alarm there for that one. And as uh, if it wasn't already known, Anthony Tolliver is not in the team's plans moving forward. Well, hard to hard to argue there. That move that move along with the Grant trade will or the George Hill trade. I'm sorry, uh, will never make sense. To There's not much to be said. No. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> it's just head scratchers. There are, there are quite a few over the years. God, you know, it's like, I just want the Sixers to be good again. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, sometimes I, like, I lay awake at night and think about how we lost to the Hawks. And we really blew our shot again. Well, you know what, man? It just stings me real deep. <laughs> One thing we can, we can celebrate like about. Lemon juice in the eyes. We won't have that feeling on Christmas this year. No, I, no I, Sixers Christmas game. I'm going to say it. Christmas Day games suck. Yep. They're not that They are fun. so overrated. They're, you know, like, okay, so, like, when I, I don't know if it's just, like, oh, when I was younger, they were cooler. I feel like they were cooler when I was younger. I feel like they, I feel like they made it more of an event than it is now. Mm-hmm. I feel like the uniforms were, like, very, like, Christmas-themed. There was the one year where they actually made them Christmas-themed. They, like, yes. like, some snow, like, around. They made them, like, cream and colored and, like, yeah, like, Made them very obviously Christmas like themed jerseys. 
And now it's just like, ugh. It's like they want so bad for it to be like Thanksgiving football, mm-hmm. and it just isn't. Because, listen, Thanksgiving football is great because Thanksgiving is like an all-day just eat fest. Like, I'm just eating all day. So it's easy to just, like, lay around the couch, like, with your family and watch football. But, like, Christmas Day is, like, you're, like, opening presents. And then it's, like, you got to go, like, somewhere for dinner and open more presents. No one really has the time to sit down and just watch games. And these games this year absolutely stink. Yeah, they're not – the overall lineup is, like, not that great. Like, Hawks, Knicks, sure, you get the Trey Young back at Madison Square Garden thing. But, like, nobody really wants to tune in for that. Celtics at Bucks, yawn. Warriors at Phoenix could be fun. Could be fun if everybody's healthy. Nets at Lakers is the only one that feels like a classic, like Christmas game. Like okay, yeah, yeah. You're taking like the two best teams from the conference and putting like that. First makes a time KD and LeBron have played each other since like 2018. Right. Like, well, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then 10:30 Mavericks Jazz like stinky, unseasoned food matchup. It's just. Very bland. It's mashed potatoes with nothing in them. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's like, all right. Like, Give me a little gravy, at least. Well, like some salt. Some garlic and onion, maybe. I don't know. A chive, perhaps. <laughs> and, uh. It's just, it's, it's a little underwhelming, but whatever. Very underwhelming. But the Sixers are on the opening week schedule. I'm I've just... always said that opening week is way more important, actually, to, uh. October 22nd, Friday. We haven't won a championship when we played on Christmas Day, so maybe this is what we need. Maybe maybe this is the change that we need in our life. Friday, October 22nd, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN at the Wells Fargo Center. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and the Nets come to Philadelphia. <sighs> <laughs> it seems so soon. So I, I'm getting married the week after. Um so I have like a we have like a countdown thing in the apartment, and it's like it's only like seventy something days away, which is it's even shorter for the Sixers. It's like it feels very quick turnaround. I feel like I'm still reeling from the playoffs. I like I'm telling you, I don't know that I'll ever get over this in my life. I I like the more the more I keep marinating on it, the more I'm unable to cope with losing to the Hawks the way that we did. Like I felt like by now, like maybe all right, you know, it's after the draft, you know, like. Get excited about Jaden Springer. Get excited about the team coming back. You know, you got rumors. You got stuff to sink your teeth into. And it's like, man, it's just like finding it hard to care. Finding it really hard to get emotionally invested in this team again. Maybe by October things will be different. But, like, that feels like a dentist appointment to me right now. It does not feel like something I'm looking forward to. You know, like, it feels like, oh, my God, like, that's just going to be staring at me until the day comes. I think a lot of that's with Ben Simmons, actually. A little he's, bit. Ben Simmons he's is the cavity. He's the our... root canal in my life <laughs> that I'm just not looking forward to it. But I know, like, once it's removed, I'll be so happy. But so I know, relieved. But like, every day until then, I'm going to be thinking about, like, God, we have to get this root canal filled. We have to get this root canal done. It's going to be awful. But I know, like, as soon as it's done, I'll be like, all right, glad that's over. Also, looking at this uh, opening week schedule, had no idea Mark Stein left the New York Times and is now working like independently through Substack. I did not know that either. Good for Mark Stein. Um, so, yeah, opening weekend. 75th. Shout out to the New York Times, baby. Get uh, three free art. Can't figure out why everyone uh, flocks to Facebook for fake news. Yeah. When, uh, every... So, I've been trying to read. Obviously, you know, we don't want to get too political or too crazy on here, but <laughs> there's been lots of things happening in the yes. world uh, the last week. You know, I've been trying to like you know read a little bit more, um, read some articles, and listen. I get it, totally understand. You got to make you got to make your cheese. You got to make the bread somehow. Pay the bills. Totally understand. Um, have we given any thought to the reason that people believe in all these conspiracies? Is because the reputable websites, reputable newspapers, give you three free articles, and then make you like log in. You get, like to, to to read like half a page of words. If and that. It's, you can hop on Facebook and get all the free news you want. It literally lim- limitless. You can just keep scrolling it more and more and more and more news, free news. I can't figure out why so many people believe the dumb things they do. I it's it's uh, it's unimaginable to me. I don't get it. That's my off-topic rant. Of the yeah. Week. I was trying to read something in the New York Times the other day, too, and it was like, boom, pop-up, can't even read the article. It's so, come on, man. You know, like, I get it. Again, totally get it. You gotta monetize some things. 
gotta pay people i'm down with that but you're telling me there's no other business model than some of these vital stories like and like having also having to sign up to read it It, like it's not even just like oh like hey just so you know you're on your last free read you get three of these you got two more just so you know it's like no you have to sign in to read this not even for like come on poor form poor form do a little better do a little better new york times um I don't know if you saw it, Matt, but the uh, the hype around Jalen Rager is real again. Some people are saying sometimes you have to give some of these rookie receivers a year to, uh, especially when he uh, uh, what like broke his finger and yeah. didn't play for half the season. That catch he made injury. in in practice was so. I'm not the biggest football guy. I love fantasy football. Big best ball guy. Big best ball. I did a draft. <laughs> I finally, I <laughs> there broke, it is. I broke the seal. It's been a few weeks. There we go. Yeah, it was great. Felt good. Felt good. Be back out there. Um, Riddle me this. Why is, like, is no one talking? Like, okay, so this is more fantasy related. But, you know, I think it, it's for the entire NFL as well. Hear names like Jamar Chase. You've been mm-hmm. hearing Jalen Waddle recently, which I love. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, we're all, we're all for the, the tour renaissance that we should be expecting. You hear Jamar Chase a lot. Jamar Chase, like, really, like, like hot. Like, everyone loves Jamar Chase. Can't stop talking about the guy. Why is no one talking about Devontae Smith? Because yeah, okay. So I know he, obviously he had the knee injury. Like yeah, that's I think that's the a big obvious part of it. answer. But like I'm saying, previous to that, I was like, yeah. this guy won the Heisman. Wide receivers have like he's the first wide receiver to win the Heisman in decades. And it's like, yeah, I cool. don't know. We'll we'll pick the guy that hasn't played in a year. I like. Am I crazy? Like. I agree with you. Kadarius Tony is getting like more like yeah, buzz it makes than him. No and it just, sense. I, I don't understand it. I feel like I f- like I feel like the Eagles went into that draft. It's like God, Devonte Smith would be so awesome. Yep. And they got the. Dev- How often does that happen? Never. Where it's like especially what, with the Eagles. CD Lamb, right? Everyone wanted CD Lamb. Everyone gets stolen out right from underneath you. That sucks. And now you know, like had a good rookie season. Looks poised to have a great you know sophomore campaign. Probably probably gonna be like you know another breakout star now. And it's like, you got that guy now. Like, you, yep. got, you got him. And it's like, no one cares. <laughs> and I don't get it. I know that he's, like, undersized, which means nothing. It's the no. dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because there's there's been plenty of people that have been undersized or, oh, like, have these question marks. The dude won the Heisman yep. as a wide receiver. That does not happen. Like, it just doesn't happen. And it's just bizarre to me. Again, I know he's had, like, the knee injury and whatever. And I know that the quarterback situation is not necessarily ideal. But those two played together. It's bizarre to me that there's they nothing. played together in Alabama, and that's the thing too is Jamar Chase. Oh, he's linking up with Joe Burrow, who we won't we won't to remind Jalen Waddle. We won't remind you that Joe Burrow literally destroyed his entire knee and has talked openly about how mentally he's not comfortable playing football yet. And we know that these damaging knee injuries usually take an extra year. And we to passed on the from. best offensive lineman in decades to protect him. <laughs> For his favorite wide receiver. I just, you know, it's like, that's the thing. It's like, Devontae, like, it's all the same. And no one wants to talk about Devontae Smith. I don't get it. I like that the Eagles are flying under the radar this year. Probably better. Probably just, for the better. Just for, I, I said this on the last episode I recorded. I said, I'm going into this Eagles season with zero expectations for this team. And I think the more people that do that, that don't that hype themselves up. One, you can't get hurt that way. And two, if they perform better than you know, the the set standard that a lot of people have for them, you're going to enjoy this season a lot more. The guys on this team are going to be much more likable. And I'm finally happy to not have, like, toxicity around this team. It seems like every bit of, like, toxic energy from this team is gone. Why is that, you wonder? I wonder. (laughs) That's weird. Uh, And, like, I'm enjoying this coaching staff. What some of the maybe the big roster differences are that might hmm. maybe why I don't know find I'm out next week mind. on the CW <laughs> <laughs> next time on the OC <laughs> I just think I, it's weird that Devontae Smith has had like zero hype considering that he's like one of the best wide receivers in college football history people I don't are know. like doubting Miles Sanders now too like. yeah, apparently Miles Sanders is the worst running back they've ever seen um, I don't know it's just bizarre I feel like a lot of the the skill listen the Eagles Devontae Smith could potentially not live up to expectation and miles sanders he had really a difficult season last year still pretty good though like all things considered 
when you when you think about how when the you rest go of the four, team eleven, was. and one, and I just I don't know I don't, I don't get why the, it seems extra negative. It seems mm-hmm. like it's really like the the pendulum has swung very hard in the other direction now. But good for Jalen Rager as well. Like he had obviously a very difficult. All the rookies last year and pretty much every sport yeah. had a very difficult season when you consider, you know, the shortened off season if they even had one. Fake and then training when get, camp. When you get injured, you know, and, and miss so much time and your quarterback is literally the worst quarterback in the league, I don't know what to tell you. You know, like, <laughs> it was, we shouldn't be writing guys off because of that. He, he's so flashed at times, too. It's not like you saw absolutely – this is not a, a J.J. Arthago white side mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, you – Felt very comfortable after his rookie season. Like, this is not the guy going forward. Jalen Rager still a question mark. So. But I think there's there's promise there. There's, Absolutely. There's yeah, you'd be, showing you would be, I think it'd be very foolish and naive to say that he you know is, has no chance of, of developing into anything. I, I think that's that's very early to, to say something like that about him because there's still room to improve. And, again, when you consider last year that he barely got a chance. <laughs> you and, know? sure, it's practice, but, like, even most like talented wide receivers don't make catches like that in practice. No. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at get in the whole pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content, keeping you up to date on the world of golf, releasing weekly a part of the underground sports, Philadelphia family of podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And he, yeah, you don't want to harp too much on one catch in practice. But again, he, like if you're just being open and honest about his future, there's a serious lack in targets on this team. Mm-hmm. We still don't know exactly what the Eagles are going to look like at all offensively. O- offense is the biggest question mark, I think. And then, and again, you know, it's good to have no expectations because I think his team could actually really surprise people. Like Jalen Hurts did not look terrible last year. No. You, you feel like okay, there's something you're going to work with. Yeah. I can remember Lamar Jackson's rookie season when he played, he played like six or seven games mm-hmm. at the end of his uh, rookie season, took over for Joe Flacco, and they looked, team looked a lot better. He's like, didn't look amazing as a quarterback, but it was like, all right, like you went into the next season, like thinking, Lamar Jackson, this is a guy that like, definitely looks very good. And then he has a breakout season. Yep. Looks fantastic. Unbelievable. Like you, you just haven't seen... Someone explain to me why that can't be Jalen Hurts. Exactly. I, you know, like I, I'm not saying it will be. I'm not saying they're exactly the same. Like the, but you're you're really telling me that Jalen Hurts can't have that level of production? I don't fully believe that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that the Eagles won't be as good as that Ravens team. I don't think yeah. they have that kind of talent and jump. Right. And I, I'm not fully convinced necessarily by the the coaching that they have, but. I don't know, man. Like so football, far, so good. Football is the year-to-year sport. Mm-hmm. It is. It is consistently a, a, a sport that changes very quickly, and teams can improve very quickly, and they can regress very quickly. No, look no further than the Eagles, yeah. <laughs> and who they've had, and who is no longer on this roster in terms of improving and regressing very quickly. So, I yeah, you you could give me it reminds me a little bit of the Flyers last year. Where you could give mm-hmm. me, I was more. I think we were a lot more positive about the Flyers going into last season, considering you know like a lot of what had happened in the second half of the year prior and how they looked in the bubble. Disappointing at the end, sure, but you could you were sold on the Flyers a lot more. But you could tell me any scenario about the Eagles. You could say they win two games this year. I'd be like, I could see how that could happen. And you could tell me they win the division and mm-hmm. have like an NFC like championship game on their hands. And I'd be like, yeah. I don't see Why any not? reason, like, sure, they could. Like, it's not impossible. It's not like the NFC is, like, closed off completely. Right. So, I don't know. A uh, new episode of Eagles Enemies dropped today on Wednesday, too, with Ryan Spagnoli from Pat's Pulpit, so you can check that out for the preview of the preseason game. Uh, but, Matt, did you notice how it seems like everybody in the NFC East outside of the Eagles is all aboard the No Fun League train? I did not. John Mara? The other day, uh, I want to say it was yesterday, I will pull up this video here for you. We tweeted it out so you guys can check it out at Underground PHI. Um, John Mara just doesn't like fun. The owner of the Giants, he uh, he came out and said... Yeah, emphasis. What were the conversations about that among you guys? Yeah, I mean, that's something we discuss every year in the competition committee. We, we get 
kind of sick and tired of the, of the taunting that does go on from time to time on the field. We tried to balance um, the sportsmanship with allowing the players to have fun. And there's always a fine line there, but none of us like to see that. And uh, it's just a question of whether you can have rules I love this that can be enforced and without taking the fun out of the game, too. But nobody wants to see a player taunting another player. I know I certainly don't. Uh, I, do. I think the rest of the members of the competition committee feel the same way, too. Who, okay, so the competition committee is stuffy old white dudes, right? Probably. Um, I can say I love watching players talk yes. one another. I think it's like it gave you one of the most iconic moments from the uh, the Super Bowl. Yep. The the Buccaneers player giving Tyreek Hill the, the peace sign as he yep. ran away. Like, and that would be like penalized now. Oh, I mean, I, I got to show you this one play. It's dumb from the it, preseason and that. you know what's weird about the nfl they do this like every two or three years they like constantly flip-flop on this kind of stuff like when they used to not allow celebrate remember when they didn't allow touchdown celebrations like mm -hmm. at all like if one other person joined you in this guy called a taunting penalty the other night in okay. the colts carolina game oh no oh no just wait for this running back goes through right gets tackled it's a big pile moves the pile. chains all big right. gain Gets up. Running back gets up. Just kind of hypes himself up. That got flagged. That is something that happens literally every play. Literally. That got a flag. So it was like getting up after you get a first down and doing like the first down point. Is that also going to be taunting? Because that's the same as what I just yep. saw. That that's got flagged. unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Okay, so there's... The no fun league, man. So if I try and see it from their perspective, I think I understand what they what they mean by making it so like... Actually, no. You know what? I don't. <laughs> I, I really don't just try to be like empathetic and understanding to them because I've, I've been trying to do a lot more of that lately. I'm trying to really see it from the other person's side. I can't see what the big deal is about taunting. I really nope. can't. I'm sorry. It's in sports everywhere. Like it's like the bat flip thing. Who get? Who cares? Who cares? Just let them do it. Go ahead and beat them the next play. Like yep. it's just. It's. I don't know, man. It's like so weird in a sport where people practically kill each other every single minute to be worried about someone like getting excited getting excited maybe yelling at someone because they just beat them on a play like that person if they wanted to could kill that guy the next like literally murder someone on the field like that could happen it has happened mm -hmm. <laughs> like people people could get parallel like there's so many terrible things that could happen to you playing the sport of football and that happened to you after in your post career and we're worried about like Someone like getting their feelings hurt. Literally, it's just, and it's not even the players. It's not like the players are against. It's the owners. Who cares? I, I. It's so weird that that's um, that that's like. Ron Rivera came out today and said like it, it's a bad example for the the Pee Wee and Pop Warner, uh, football players to see well, NFL they, they guys doing that. We, like we know scientifically now that children should not be playing football. Mm -hmm. Like that is like fact that can't be argued anymore. Like. Seven and eight year olds shouldn't be touching a football. They shouldn't. You can do touch football, sure, but like children should not be playing football to begin with. So maybe let's not worry about the example we're setting for ten year olds and just worry about the fact that grown men who are getting paid millions of dollars can definitely a hundred percent taunt each other after they just finish mashing their brains together. I think we can handle it. I think they can handle it. I think the fans actually really, really, really love it. Just like we really love the celebrations, which you finally, like, unleashed the ability to actually, I don't know, celebrate scoring a touchdown. The entire point of the football game is to score a touchdown, and you couldn't celebrate it for the longest time. It's just, it's very, very stupid. It's unreal. Um, the No Fun League continues to uh, strike, but the, uh, the other end of the football spectrum uh south jersey zone carly lloyd hanging up the boots known eagles fan legend Maybe. of the game legend um can't say enough good things about carly lloyd she has one of the most iconic goals in uh in soccer that halfway goal again in the the world cup final um yeah i mean it's cool you know because obviously she's local to us and that that makes it a little more special Fantastic player, one of the best uh, women's player that we we've had over this past decade. A hugely important part of she doesn't get enough credit as mm -hmm. she should. You know, like Rapino gets a lot of credit over over the last ten years of this like cycle, uh, but she was an awesome bridge between like the Wambach years into you know the this last cycle that we've had now. You know, with the Alex Morgans and um, I think it's people that have gotten a little more credit than she has, but she's 
one of the best midfielders I've ever seen play too. Just fantastic. Wish her a lot of uh, luck in retirement. I'm sure she'll end up like doing some kind of uh, broadcast. She has definitely very good uh, TV type of person. You've probably, if you live in the area, you've almost definitely seen one of her commercials. Yes. She does like the hand in stone. She does uh, NJ insurance. Like she's she's all over the place. So I'm looking forward to seeing what she does uh, post retirement now because i'm sure it'll it'll be good no matter what yeah i mean if carly lloyd wants to uh hop on the show i would love to, i would love, love nothing more than to chat with, with the carly lloyd. my my dream women's soccer player would be brandy chastain yes. it was just like the goat for me as a child it's interesting because i i've been meaning to watch the uh the women's soccer documentary mm-hmm. i think it's on like peacock because those women did more for soccer in the u.s than any men's team ever has. oh yeah and like I grew up, like Mia Hamm is like the person for me. I was like, mm-hmm. Mia Hamm is like a badass, and like that's who I like wanted to play like. And now you know, obviously, like we have like more men's players now that are definitely like higher profile. But even then, like the women's team is still so stacked, incredibly talented. But I, I think also like still incredibly popular. And I think in certain pockets, like way more popular than, than the men's team. So um, tons of credit to Carly Lloyd on like amazing career uh and again yeah whatever she does i'm sure it'll be great and i'm excited i mean i'm excited to see what she does i'm excited for the the women's team in the future they obviously had a a difficult olympics but um you know and i think it's going to be a challenge because the women's team for the longest time is kind of uncontested Mm -hmm. the women's game around the world the u.s you know u.s is not perfect in pretty much anything (laughs) the one thing the u.s did do for for a very long time is women's sports in general have always been given a lot more i don't know what you would call it like like a lot more coverage a lot more structure than they get in other countries mm-hmm. and the soccer team really really benefited from that uh because they they were talented talented athletes and they were given like structure they were given organizations to like build their way through and like we're given this kind of support system that you know they were able to show their talents through and, and, and be good. And now other countries are catching up to that. You know, for the longest time, like, the best leagues you could be in were, like, the U.S. leagues for women. Yeah. But now, like, the European leagues are actually, like, no, these teams are actually really starting to spend very serious money on the women's game, as they should. Um, and the U.S. is kind of falling behind. You're seeing a few U.S. players now, too, you know, go abroad. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see, like, you know what happens but you know you have like young women stars now still within the team you're always going to be producing good talent it's just you know is your talent better than you know a lot of these other teams right. that are, are now starting to it's like an arms race you know <laughs> like you you have to keep up now with everyone else so hopefully hopefully the the u.s does that i believe in them um and i, I believe that they can they can continue to still be dominant as, as they have been because we haven't seen something like this in international sports very often where a, a country kind of dominates a team sport the way that they have over the last 16 years. Yeah. Uh, so congrats to Carly Lloyd and a bit of a programming alert for underground sports, Philadelphia officially official. The Dan Russo show is back underground for season four. Uh, we will kick that off early next week. And on top of that, I've been given a new job at, uh, it came through with the announcement of re-upping, I will be doing uh, the TV play-by-play for Vineland Football this many, year. Many are calling you the Joe Buck of South Jersey. That's just what I've been hearing. I'm hearing week. Vineland quarterbacks might uh, send one deep into the night. So <laughs> very excited to uh, be in the booth again this year, like full-time. I'll be doing all 10 games home and away uh, with Vineland Football. So very excited for us to continue to grow our relationship with Vineland High School Football and uh, keep this thing rolling. So Season gets underway, uh, not this week, but next week. They got a preseason game on Friday that I'll be checking out just from the sidelines. And then uh, August 27th, I get to go to that very fun Ocean City off the boardwalk uh, stadium with the, the Ferris wheel in the in the skyline. So uh, it's very a great, It's a great skyline pick. Tell you yeah, that much. <laughs> very much so. Uh, so stay tuned for the Dan Russo Show. Coming back to a podcast feed near you. And uh, make sure you guys are following us on social media at Underground PHI, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up to date with everything we got going on as football season is right around the corner. Make sure you're following Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. 
Make sure you guys check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you feel about the Eagles going into the, you know, second preseason game. There's only three this year, so almost done with the preseason. How you're feeling about this Phillies team? Do you think Ben Simmons gets traded? Uh, and how happy you are that Joel Embiid locked in on that Supermax deal. Very. <laughs> five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. And we know they're five stars. You can check us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center, of Vineland, of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, Stateside Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. Use promo code USP at checkout at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your order. StatesideVodka.com, use promo code USP to get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at StatesideVodka.com. And Kenwood Beer, use the Kenny tracker at KenwoodBeer.com to see who has Kenwood Beer on tap. Got to be 21 or older to purchase from Stateside and Kenwood. And of course, please drink responsibly. Any final thoughts, Matt, as we head into another night of Phillies after dark against the Diamondbacks? Time zones are the worst. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's my final thought. Time, Time zones, zones are, are the absolute worst. They are horrendous. Uh, but this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 352. For Matt, I'm KB. Stick around here on twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI as Steven Schneider is back being the best damn digital golfer on the planet but we'll catch you guys later this week with another episode of the show and we'll be back live next week but until then we are signing off peace I'm